0: Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella.
1: Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Andy Heiss. And I'm Nick Petrella. Today on the show, we have Bess Wallerstein-Huff and Kelly Main. They are the founders of Show
2: Delivered. They gave a really great interview. And what I... Gleaned from it is that they are giving the audience control over pricing. And so what the listeners will hear soon is that, you know, the more people they have chipping in to hear an artist, the cheaper it is for each consumer, each audience member.
1: Meanwhile, also, you know, recognizing that artists have been um, one of their big motivations, as we'll hear, is that artists were heavily impacted by uh, the pandemic. And uh, this provided some additional performance opportunities for them uh, to make some make some money.
2: And also increase accessibility and awareness.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Let's take a listen. This is part two of our interview with Show Delivered. Bess, you're finishing up an MBA. Are there aspects of your business or activities in your business that weren't addressed in your MBA?
3: Sure. I mean, you can sit in a classroom and learn all that you want about anything. And it's a totally different experience when you do it. Um, There are so many factors that go into, I mean, the pandemic. We would, we weren't studying businesses that were coming online during a pandemic, um, or even being started in twenty twenty one. You know, most of an MBA, uh, when you think about businesses that you're studying, kind of have that arc of ramping up and the decline, and and what factors have uh, influenced every part of that business journey. But um, you know, it's all about people. And it's all about having good judgment and uh, collaboration and integrity. And, you know, those things you can talk about in concept, but you can't necessarily um, know how you're going to fare in the moment until you go through the experience. And I will say, you know, it's been a very traumatic year in a lot of ways for many people and and our, uh, us included. You know, it's there's with this been sort of that... Um, emotional and, um, mental, <laughs> uh, you know, download that we've had every day seeing the community that we love really suffer. And, you know, that's hard. That's, that's hard to say. I'm going to, you know, rise up above um where I am and say this is this could be something that hurts or it could be an opportunity and and say no I'm gonna pursue that as an opportunity. Um so where I think that as an MBA you get a lot of um good tools, you know, being able to practice those tools really only come with with taking the leap of faith and trying it uh either in practice and business of, you know, a, a established company or doing it in an entrepreneurial space.
1: You mean fig- figuring the weighted average cost of capital for Procter & Gamble hasn't directly applied to starting show delivery? No,
3: it's weird. I, I can calculate a depreciation of a bond, and I hope I never have to do that, ever. Yeah, right. Um, and I awesome. think the real, the real achievement in this past year is that I passed that finance class as an artist.
1: <laughs> I'm with you on this. So my, my background's in music, and I did my MBA, and certainly uh, corporate
2: finance was. Well, that'll was come a tough in one. handy when you do the show delivered IPO. <laughs> there you go. I yeah. Right?
4: From your mouth to God's ears. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just remember us. I will. I will. So, as you were speaking, I just thought of a, a follow up question um, What's it like starting a business with another person? Two, two people working together.
3: I love it. I mean, we're theater people. We want to be around people. <laughs> I could never have thought, have thought of this on my own. I, I would never have wanted to do it on my own. Um, I And all of my businesses that I've started have been a collaboration because you, you balance each other. I mean, Kelly has been amazing to work with. She, we, I think we balance each other well, we have different strengths we have different views but at the same time I think that we're really rooted in a lot that is similar.
4: I agree I, I absolutely am thrilled to work with Bess. she she is absolutely correct that my weaknesses are her strengths and uh, I think we're both theater nerds so we we get along in that regard and uh, I'm just I'm thrilled that we're in a partnership together. We're, we, we, t- we talk each other off the ledge. <laughs> Only one person panics at a time. That's good. So, it's-
2: <laughs> so I, have, I have one more question for, for Bess just because of what she does. So you're also an entrepreneur working in the marketing department of the Kaufman Center for the Performing Arts. What skills have you honed there that are useful in show delivered? And, and actually for Kelly, what skills have you learned or honed in your, the television commercials that you work with that have prepared you? for show delivered.
3: Well, I think at the Coffin Center and just in my career in general, uh, you know, I I have been able to learn a lot about the industry, of how it works, how um, not just in from a marketing space, but just because I also oversee community outreach initiatives and um help with programming at the Kaufman Center. So I'm I've got my fingers in a, a lot of uh different aspects of the work that we do and and all of that really helps inform me in in the performing arts and I've in in an entrepreneurial space of just um, you know, resources. You don't, you don't know what you don't know until you do it. Right. So, and I've been doing this for a really long time. So I think that was part of my, um, my faith that whatever was going to come would be something that we could navigate together. But um, understanding marketing and understanding how to talk to audiences about the performing arts. um, I do think that there is at some point, um, some language barriers of people who say, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that, you know, the arts are kind of term specific in a lot of ways. And so I've, and I've recognized that, recognize this in my work and knowing that it's not the same when we talk about all kinds of performing arts. So in dance, there's specific language used and mu- and, you know, classical music uh-huh. and saying, you know, this is hard to get, a new audience to because there's a lot of barriers. They don't even know what this is. You know, they don't, they can't um, imagine this. So we're trying to remove all those barriers that are created maybe internally or externally or otherwise. Um, And I think I've had to maybe struggle in that space a little bit in my career in order to understand, hey, it's, it's something that just doesn't go away and will probably be there still as the pandemic, you know, fades, hopefully in the near future um, of just how we want to make the performing arts really accessible and how many barriers there are to do that. And just in its, in the essence of its practice.
4: Um, And I would say that I, because I've been working with small businesses, my job has been to help small businesses advertise for the last 12 years. And I've sat across from a bazillion small business owners and I've watched um, I've watched some of them be overly cautious about the importance of marketing and the importance of advertising. And so um, it's been really great to be on the other side of the table and remind myself that, that, you know, you do have to take risks and, and it does take courage and it works because <laughs> I've seen it work over and over again.
1: And so if someone listening to this, were interested in booking uh, a performance with you, or if they're an artist interested in maybe uh, having their services listed with show delivered, how would, uh, how would, how would one go about finding you?
4: showdelivered.com. There's a page there where you can message us and we come one, come all. Yes, we want to hear from you. And one of the things that I think that we offer that we haven't talked about is that I tend to do a lot of the customer service side and a lot of folks don't even know, maybe there's a big event coming up. They don't even know what they want, or what they like. They know what they like, but they don't know what they want. So I really do talk on the phone, helping people customize shows and giving them guidance. So yes, do come, go to the website, write me. But um, also, it's not one of those things where you have to do everything online. It's a very um, personal experience. And okay. you can follow us on LinkedIn,
3: on Facebook, and on Instagram.
2: In every episode, we have show notes from um, items and and places that people mention in the podcast. So we'll make sure that showdeliver.com is in there.
1: So we've reached the part of the interview where we ask uh, three questions of all of our interviewees, uh, the first of which is, what advice would you give to others wanting to become an entrepreneur in your art space?
4: Well, I would say that my advice is I never, ever, ever considered myself to be an entrepreneur. It never once occurred to me to start a business. And I was talking about this and a friend of mine said, well, why can't you? I said, but I can't do that. She said, well, why can't you do that? And I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that it wasn't until she said that that I realized, oh, actually, I can. <laughs> so I think self-doubt is a big piece of advice that I would give to just uh, try it. Who knows? And I'd, I'd also say that, it, you know,
3: performers, artists always try to make things perfect for the end result, right? It's all about rehearsing, rehearsing for that one performance so that it is executed flawlessly. That's not what a business is. We're not going to execute flawlessly. You're going to learn. It is so much about the journey than it is the destination because you you don't know what the destination is. You think you know, and then that changes. And so it's a totally different view of work. But trust that there are people to help you along the way to provide you guidance and resources when you don't know where to go. Um for as much as as Kelly and I both bring to the table, we knew that there were things that we just couldn't answer or we needed another perspective just to say, are we crazy? Is this something that we could do or should do? Um and you'll find that you're doing that the whole time. You know, you're you're gonna constantly be looking at uh, ways to improve. And I think that having a approach of being a lifelong learner and being open to the fact that you're going to be in a little bit uncomfortable is also a great sign of growth. So every time that you are uncomfortable doing something, know that you are becoming braver and more courageous and are learning things. So that would be my, my uh, feedback.
2: That's great. Thank you. Accessibility and awareness are key to helping arts grow. What can we do to ensure the arts are more accessible and reaching the widest possible audience?
3: I think um, we have to invite more people to the table to help us. Um, the performing arts are all about collaboration and I mean that not just between artists, but between artists and audiences and all the people it takes to make those two uh, communities talk to one another. So I think partnerships is, uh, and that's something that I've seen kind of happen more and more as people are trying to find new unique ways to expand their reach and recognizing that you aren't going to be able to reach everyone at once. And it is something that you have to Kind of chip away at and that, you know, just having an invitation to a new, um, community or subset or, or patron means the world. People just want to be invited. They want, they want to be included. Um, so rem- reminding artists that yes, it's totally important to still maintain your, um, patron base or listeners, but, but think about ways where you can expand that in a in a way that maybe will even take your work in different directions.
4: We've never had a performing arts problem in Kansas City. There's tons of really amazing organizations that do excellent work. We've had an audience problem mm-hmm. in that people feel left out or ostracized or uh, they just you know don't feel comfortable, and it's up to us to get out there and and like Bess said so beautifully, invite everyone to the party. And and that's really what uh, I think Show Delivered is a part of that, in that it lets people dip their toe in the water in, a, in, a, in literally their own space.
1: What's the best artistic or entrepreneurial advice you've ever received?
4: Mine is so corny, Bess. I'm going to do it, but it's just so corny. Oh, Lord. So I, I actually started as a dancer, a tap dancer when I was five years old. And I had this great uh, teacher. Her name was Yvonne Craig. And I, I tapped my cute little self through the heart of America. And um, she would, whenever, whenever I made a mistake or there was, you know, something happened, she just said, keep just keep smiling, just keep smiling, just keep going. Nobody's going to know you made a mistake, right? And I think that is a big part of of being an artist is that you do have to say, you know what, it, it's I, I'm going to make mistakes, but if you have confidence and you keep pushing and going, uh, you'll be fine. So just keep smiling. <laughs> That's good. You know, for me, I, um, just
3: in hearing Kelly's story, um, an example there, I think of a musical that has had a lot of impact on me, which is by Stephen Sondheim called Sunday in the Park with George. And, um, it is one of the musicals that no matter when I hear it, no matter where I am, it will always bring me kind of this emotional, you know catharsis and there's a song in it called move on in which george surratt uh is talking to his um the character george surratt is talking to uh his lover dot and um, they are having to part ways and um it's such a tender beautiful very emotional moment and it just says the lyrics are if you don't know where you're going um move on it's it's not about standing still. Uh, the song is about understanding that you're not going to get things perfect, but that you have to keep trying and you have to keep moving on. And it doesn't mean that where you are isn't beautiful and what you haven't done isn't 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 special. It's that you have so much more that you can give as an artist, and there's so much more that you can achieve personally and also share with the world. And I think um when I think about what inspires me and when I'm in really difficult difficult situations I go back to the performing arts that's myself that's my home uh that's what reminds me of of my core values as an artist and as a as a person and um you have to move on and so uh that's you know the pandemic can't can't keep us down we have to move on so um, that's, that's my inspiration.
2: Well, Kelly and Bess, thanks so much for being with us today. You gave us a lot of great information.
3: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed this and want to congratulate you on your new launch and for being brave and for doing hard things, but having very valuable conversations with artists. So thank you for including us in that.
1: Absolutely. Thanks a
0: lot. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast.